A listener writes, I listen to your program as often as I can, and I really like your straightforward way that gets right to the heart of things. Well, thanks for that. She goes on saying, Please address yourself to the problem of accepting a retarded child to your heart. I'm sure I'm not the only one with this problem, and perhaps you have the answers. I pray that you do, and will be eagerly listening. Well, I certainly want to thank you for that encouraging letter and the confidence that you express in it. Uh, some people, of course, think that that straightforwardness is a little brash, as one fellow put it, but uh, I am convinced thoroughly that people today want answers from the Word of God, and they don't want somebody uh, playing around the edges or running around the bush or uh, piddly-pooing about these issues. They want a straightforward, as you put it, uh, answer to the questions of, of life that the Word of God brings. And so I've been dedicated to that very purpose. Uh, I've been dedicating these broadcasts to that very purpose of getting to the heart of matters and getting to them quickly. So I won't waste any more time in this one. Because truly retarded children simply do not have the mental equipment to fully cope with many of the challenging aspects of life, the first thing I think that we all become aware of is that they're limited. Now, as soon as we talk about somebody being limited, uh, we often become very upset, we often become uh, quite solicitous, we often look upon the person as incapable. But that's where we make a tragic mistake. Everyone is limited. Every one of us has limitations. Uh, who is there who doesn't have his limits? Uh, you can just do so many things, you have so many capabilities and no more. How many of you would want to go into the ring with uh, Muhammad Ali and try to stand up against him? You have your limitations, you see. We all are limited. Not one of us can do everything. Now, I recognize that his limitations are of a very noticeable sort. And I recognize that his limitations are perhaps more severe than the limitations of others. But don't forget cripples, people who are paraplegic, uh, people who have diseases or illnesses that confine them to wheelchairs or to bed. Those persons are limited too, even though their minds may not be limited. Everyone is limited in some way or another. Even the person who has full capacity of his mind and of his body is still limited. So every one of us must come to the place where he recognizes his limitations. You see, that's what Paul is talking about in Romans 12, when in verse 3 he says, Through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. In other words, we all have our limitations. There are different gifts from God. There are different capabilities among the members of the church. The eye cannot do the, the listening that the ear does. The ear cannot do the seeing that the eye does. We all have our place and we all have our limitations. And I think that it's very crucial that you understand about that retarded child that though he has his limitations, that he is not in that respect different from others. The limitations differ only in type and in quantity. 
but they do not differ in the fact of limitation itself. So the latter part of that same third verse of Romans 12 also applies. That is the crucial fact that you have to understand. Namely, that we are not only not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, but Paul goes on, to think so as to have a sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. The scriptures say that we are to think soberly or to make a sound judgment about what our capabilities truly are. God has given some to each. God has given something to do to each one of us. So recognizing the limitations is one thing. But stopping with that recognition of the limitations is the great failure that many persons make, many parents make, with reference to a retarded child. Instead, what needs to be done is to stress the capabilities that that child has rather than the limitations, to go beyond recognizing the fact that limitations exist and to now, secondly, put the focus on what capabilities also exist. Every child, no matter how severely retarded he may be, has some capabilities. If it is only capabilities of a motor sort, there is some place for him. And it is the job of the parents, if the child himself is incapable of doing it because of the intellectual difficulties and limitations that he labors under, it is the job of the parents to make sober evaluations about his capabilities, not merely about his limitations. That is the parent's most serious task. There may be far more capabilities than you now realize. He may have greater ability than you have any notion. He may eventually even be able to find happiness and work in one of the less challenging, perhaps repetitive jobs that would bore some others who don't have the same limitations. In other words, God made man to work and there is no satisfaction apart from work, so that your task as a parent is to discover the scope of his capabilities and to challenge him with the work that fits them. It may be quite limited work, but it must be some kind of productive and challenging work. Not productive and challenging necessarily in terms of what you would find productive and challenging, but certainly something productive and challenging in terms of the retarded child. And so the child must be taught to play, must be taught to work, must be taught responsibility. You and the church must demand and get the best from him that he is capable of giving. In the way that he will be, in that way and that way alone, he will be treated with respect. And just a few other comments. Where there are limitations which are severe, the structure in that relationship to that child in order to get the most out of his capabilities has to be more, not less, than is usually needed. The less you're able to reason, the more stress there has to be upon structure and even at times upon the physical. Don't forget Helen Keller, who had such severe limitations and who had to begin her advance toward human living by being physically wrestled into submission and wrestled into structure and discipline. And also, with reference to yourself in relationship to that child, remember that taking the child to your heart, as the writer says, that love is not a matter of what you get in your heart first. 
Love is giving according to the Bible. God so loved the world that he gave. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Love is giving, first of all, not getting. It's not what you get out of that relationship, but what you can pour into it that first counts. And the more you invest in that child, the more you'll receive. In other words, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. The greatest blessings you'll have are by giving the most you can to that child. So remember that the most important thing you can do is in his words, in ways that he can understand, you must give him the most important thing of all, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then give to him along with that a satisfying life and the challenge of confronting it with his capabilities and his responsibility to use them, no matter how limited they may be. Lord, help parents, we pray in this regard for Christ's sake. Amen.